going on, everybody? Chris Starr back again with the Wildlife Command Center podcast. And today, I have a special guest that is only special today because he will be a recurring guest. My brother-in-arms, fellow member of the Baran clan, Chance. Yep. Uh, Ch- uh, I couldn't think of a good nickname for you. Chance <laughs> Baran, everybody. Right. Well, it was uh, Chance Barehands Baran, but Michael has definitely, definitely lived up to the name more than I have. So at this <laughs> point, yeah, I guess I'll have to get something new. But yep, happy to be here. Happy to be on the podcast. It's been sounds like it's been going very good. Lots of fun stuff happening around. What you been up to lately? Oh, you know, the same old, same old. I mean, we'll jump into that. But like, so my first inclination was to absolutely say Chance Bare Hands Baran. <laughs> because it's so classic. It rolls off the tongue for a reason. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why he, that's why Michael went with it. You know, it's a, it's a good one. And uh, he is the one. I mean, he's always been the one. You've known him a long time. Yeah. So you know that cameras rolling or not, you know, the, the time comes of, I know exactly how to do this. The, the easiest way for me, and it doesn't involve any of those tools. Hey, watch this. And it's like, oh man, I don't know if I'd do that, but he made it look easy. That's how he always does. I'll grab the squirrel. Hey, hold this camera. It's just a little bit of blood. Calm it's just, down. <laughs> it's just a little blood. I've got plenty of it. <laughs> grabbing the squirrel on video is forever. <laughs> All right, so... What we were talking about a little bit off air, you asked me what's been going on. Just flew the bird. He was a little bit of a turd. When is he not? Not really. He's usually just the swellest, sweetest little bugger. But so today I brought one of my friends out who might apprentice under me. We'll kind of mm-hmm. see. She's in that classic little pre-apprentice space. But right off the bat, sorry if you're listening, Chris, gets out of her car puts on a neon pink jacket. I'm like, oh, no, that's going to sting. <laughs> <laughs> that's what literally went through my head. That's yep. going to be a problem. But I'm like, you know what? Just ignore it. Let's see. You know, you never know. Uh, well, usually no. The thing is I do. And it's like, it was a problem. He caught his bird and he's like, all right, I got what I needed to get. I am out of here, dude. And mm. he flew the crap off into a neighboring orchard. And then I chased him for 20 minutes. Yep. That sounds uh, like the name of the game. (laughs) Oh man. It was, yeah, but she she got to see some of the highs, you know, it was a classic falconry expedition of the highs and the lows. We got to see some bitch and flights in the wind, a bunch of really awesome near and or like totally vertical stoops. And then he, you know what? I don't like to see curb stomped a bird, which is like, they're so scared of him. They're running around on the ground like little mice. Right. And so he just curb stopped him and just slammed into it, you know, like a classic red tail. Well, he's not a freaking red tail. I want to see a sick, windy, twindy, little swirling and gorling. Zip zap. Uh, Yeah, some classic zip zaps, dude. I want to see some freaking zip zaps. Mm -hmm. But, you know, today's catch was just a curb stomping. Which is fine. That's a a very valid, good highlight for, uh, you know, someone in that nice golden pre-apprentice face, you know, to see. Yeah, right. Everything. <laughs> also, you know, a good reality check of this is a wild bird. and Oh, yeah. And that's what you got to do. I took a bunch of takeaways from today. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, first off, state the obvious in the beginning. Like, you know, don't cut corners. No, you can't wear a neon pink 
puffy jacket. Subdued, blacks, browns, you know, right. maybe a dark blue. But the, the attention has to not be on us, you know what I mean, as people, especially with a teeny tiny nervous little cracker like he is. Right, absolutely. No distractions. Whenever I was younger, I always used to be dismissive of, oh, no, we can't do that. It's going to freak the bird out. And I'm like, well, no, see, I've... I've seen a hawk fly. I know what birds are, uh. are scared of and what they're not scared of. <laughs> Completely different ballgame, right? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the Harris Hawks are just trying to train you as much as you're trying to train them. But yeah. uh, not that skittish, high, strong. Everything matters and they never forget. So be aware. Be cautious. Be mindful of what you do, what you wear, mm-hmm. how you react to everything. So yeah. name of the game. So after the catch, everyone who's not me in the field needs to freeze. And in fact, even better is kneel. So to not drag attention to them. Mm. And, you know, I, dude, I used to make fun of people like, oh, your bird won't fly and this and that. Like if there's a porcupine within 10 square miles of it, he's not going to fly. You know, I used to, make fun, I used to make fun of people like that. But, but then, you know, once you ascend into the upper echelons of falconry, that's just some of the stuff you got to deal with. You know what I mean? Right. And so... Multiple aspects of today's like not so ideal ending were on me, but like the first two, the pink, and then movement after I requested there to not be movement mm. is a part of it, you know? Yeah. And now from them. Now, the majority of what I could have done, you know, I'm as as a great leader, Michael Bearhands Baran, your father says, take the blame onto yourself, then you have control of the entire situation. So I did that at first, you know, my ego was like, damn it, you know, but then it's like, no, chill. Then the it is like, takes over. Relax. What did you do or could you have done to change the situation? And it's like, okay, I need to work on more anti-carrying training. I tried to jump right back into the swing of things too quickly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So last year we ended the season Freaking high flying, bitching, ripping flights, and a bunch of other factors. It's like, no, we we need to go back to square one, do a bunch of anti carrying training, and what that in, is gonna have to entail now is keeping a bird on a string, on a long pole for the for probably at least another week. You know, last year mm-hmm. I went above and beyond with his early training. You know, I probably sacrificed a whole month of like getting the basics down. There was like no shortcuts were taken. You know what I mean? I did everything beyond taking a shortcut. And so he turned out to be a bitchin' awesome bird who didn't carry. And so I just have to go back to some of that, you know, waiting till he breaks into the brain. That's the first part. Break into the brain. If you make in on them when they first catch, they're going to carry. That's just Merlin's. Right. You got to accept it. That's what Merlin's do because that's what they're used to. You know, if they catch all the Falcons around them saw that and like, great. That Merlin just caught my first meal. Awesome. Appreciate it. I'm going to go steal it from him. <laughs> that's, that's what they deal with on a daily basis in the yeah. wild. You know what I mean? So right. step one, wait till he breaks into the brain when he's chewing on the brains. That's when you make in. Or if you miss that opportunity, then he's going to pluck the entire bird and you have to wait till he's done plucking the entire bird. Ah. Sucks. But like that's the next step. So you missed the first step. Wait till the second step. And then he starts breaking in again that's when you can make in and pick him up. Mm. Unfortunately, today that took him flying through an entire orchard. Yeah. Hmm. And 
the tippity tip top of what all Falconers are probably thinking right now. Well, is he too high? Probably a little too heavy in weight. You know what I mean? I'm so I'm right. probably gonna lean on him another two grams. As crazy as this is, from 130 grams down to 128 grams, oh, and right. that should help with some of this. But it makes sense that, like you said, with if you miss the first opportunity, you have to wait. I can see how yep. in explaining that it's like, well, this is the ideal scenario. But as you'll quickly learn when dealing with anything related to falconry, the ideal scenario in the field is not Never. the common scenario. <laughs> and so, you know, ever do. it's a lot of contingency planning and it's a lot of adapting to, well, you know, you're always learning something. Yeah, And so flying through the orchard and having to deal with that situation, learning from these mistakes or relearning certain things. Because like you said, when you take it exactly as you should, do the proper steps, it's reflected in the bird. And so Mm -hmm. this was just a solid, good little reminder, not setback or anything. So that's good, good stuff. And right now we're still decently slammed with work. Mm -hmm. I'm just working by myself right now. So Dude, I'm booked out till the third. Awesome. Right? Yeah. Good, right? So like Sunday's off, God's day, as well as just animal pickups, you know? Mm-hmm. And then this Thanksgiving off. And I think I have... Did they mark us off for Friday too? I believe, yes. So Wildlife Command Center usually will take the holiday of Thanksgiving off and then also mm-hmm. the following Friday. You know, some of our folks that are with us do have a little bit of traveling to do. And so, yeah, it just makes it easier for the ones that are still holding down the fort. You know, some technicians, uh, they're like, yeah, I'm going to have Thanksgiving dinner. But other than Thanksgiving dinner, I'm out there. I'm going to work. You know, I I still want to be doing stuff if it needs to be done. I'm still going to do pickups on Thanksgiving. Right. Just because it's Thanksgiving doesn't mean the, you know, raccoon is not going to try to come down the chimney flue. It's still (laughs) happening. Or get caught in the traps that you have set from the day before. Right, right. So, um, yeah, the technicians that, that we have still holding down the fort, it just makes it easier for them for us to shut down for a full two days rather than just Thanksgiving day. So I'm pretty sure it's Thursday and Friday, which allows us to get to all the emergency calls that come in during that time while still taking care of the the customers we've got. Because like you said, I mean, we're, we're still busy with work right now. It's still not, you know, we haven't had that crazy cold shut in Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. of the year happen. So it's still rocking and rolling. I'm thankful for it. Yeah. So, um, the other side of things, how's the move? Or Okay, so for everybody not privy, so Chance just moved from the Kansas City office to our main location in St. Louis, him and his wife, Lakin, and the puppy, mm-hmm. Sybil and Taffy, their little kitty, who used to be my kitty. We just tracked it down. She's freaking 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Kidney's uh... failing. It's not coming out of her nose at all times, <laughs> but man, she's holding strong. She's hanging by a thread and she says, don't you dare touch that thread. I'm staying as long as I want. <laughs> There's free food. Heater's always blowing. Well, the, so the move went very smoothly. You know, we were yeah. over in Kansas City for several years. Five, right? A lot happened over, yeah, of course, of the past Ooh. five years. Learned a lot in dealing with human versus wildlife conflict. Matured a lot and uh, 
you know, not making absolute statements of wildlife will never do this. Uh, you know, got never. proved no, wrong no, 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 plenty no, no, of no. times. Uh, so Kansas City was great, great learning experience. You know, opening that office, got a great lead technician there managing the territory. Now Devin, he's been excelling exceptionally quickly, taking the reins and just going off of the basic elements of what we use as a company to resolve these kinds of problems. You know, he was able to pick up, okay, these are the materials we make repairs with. These are the tools we use to get wildlife out of people's homes once they've broken in and really grasp like what we offer to keep that from happening again in the future. Took that and was able to easily apply it to, okay, every situation, every call we go on is unique in some way. And there's a base set of things that we will use to solve the problem, but it's still a unique problem each time. That's kind of overwhelming for most people. You know, this is not a lifestyle that is suitable for everybody because, you know, it's a constant high stress, a good stress, but high stress environment of dealing with there's a wild animal in the house or a wild animal in in a commercial building, a business. Um, It's everything that seems daunting, everything in life that's, you know, seems like it's just there's no way you can get over it. Those feelings stem from a lack of understanding or knowledge of the situation. And so, you know, just like think of any job you've done, Chris, would you now pay someone else to do that job if it was something that wasn't time consuming? Probably not. Like wildlife stuff? No, just a- any kind of um, you know industry you've worked in. Now that you know how to, say, make a repair, if you knew how to make the repair on your car and it wasn't time consuming, you'd probably deal with it yourself, you know, because you know... Or put together a hamster cage. Or put together, yeah, a, a whole uh, <laughs> variety bag of bird seed, and, you know, from your pet store days. <laughs> You know, so exactly, you know, like, you know how to fill a water bottle and, you know, you're not going to take it to the geek squad down at, uh, <laughs> no, the hamster at geek the pet squad. store. I was the hamster geek squad. <laughs> right. You, you were the guy. But my point was that, you know, once you've done something and you understand how to do it, the initial fear of not knowing how to do it is pretty much gone. You have that confidence, but with something you don't expect, like you have a car or a truck, you know, that you'll have to maintain that. You have a lawn, Mm -hmm. you have a home or place that you have to clean and maintain. You learn those kinds of things. Uh, Wild animal in the house, not really something most people consider as this is part of owning a home. At some point, there's going to be a creature covered in fur. We forget that, dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, It's not something that even comes across their mind. But like once or twice in a whole lifetime for people, right? Right. But when it does happen, it's such a unique event. And most of the time, you know, chaotic. They they don't know what's going on and they don't have all the information. For us, you know, like I don't really get stressed. I get giddy and excited sometimes because I show <laughs> up and I'm like, I know exactly how to fix this problem. They don't know oh, it every yet, time. but I've got the solution. You know, so that's a good feeling, being the hero. But on the other side of that transaction and that communication, the customer is kind of freaked out because, you know, unless they're just calm, cool, and collected or have done a little bit of their own homework, you know, our websites, our blogs are just riddled with tons of information on 
anything that we deal with. So it's always great when customers do a little bit of homework. That way, when we start explaining what we're going to do, it's not all foreign, you know, not that they're going to be raccoon experts by the time they get us on the phone, No, but no, no, no. it gets kind of some of the baseline foundational questions out of the way. So when we start talking about, yes, if they have access to this space, they can get into the structure of the home. They can get many different places, do a lot of damage, do things that you can't really see. And it's not something that is a recommended DIY project if you've never dealt with it before. But we can come in and take plenty of photos and give you all that information and knowledge. You know, And so once that initial inspection is done, that relief happens where they're like, okay, we're no longer in the dark. You know, And it, it isn't a high-stress situation anymore past that point. So, Dude, I just thought of the name. <laughs> I just thought of the name for today's episode because it's going to be a little different. Okay. Wild Bros Wednesday. <laughs> Wild Boys. I don't know. It's so stupid. <laughs> but it just came to me. It just came to me because, you know, a little different, mostly, no, all my fault because I didn't record episodes. You know, I didn't backlog a few episodes like for the Michael Baran Monday. Mm-hmm. So we're going to title this Wild Bros Wednesday. Was so stupid, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's you know that's like working title for things. Like if you, uh, yeah, you know, certain TV shows, you go and you find out, and you're like, it was called what at first? That's ridiculous. <laughs> no wonder it was called Bare Hands Rescue. No <laughs> wonder they changed. Oh no, no, that's a pretty, that's a pretty solid title. But you know, some uh, some things <laughs> definitely get changed for the better. Um, for real, I don't know. It's so so dumb. It's just this Wednesday. We're going to keep with Nuisance Wildlife Wednesday. But, you know, with Thanksgiving and my poor planning, we're changing it up a little bit this week. That's all. Yep. Yep. Well, it's all for the holidays. It's just uh, limited okay. editions. I'll do another solo episode and call it Freaky Creatures Friday or something. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> this is a, a limited run, run release schedule of, That's of episodes. Right. That's right. So. Exactly. Oh, hey, hey, speaking of nothing at all, completely changing the topic, what's up with like you and Michael going to a sporting goods store? (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, that's like, um, I feel like I had this conversation earlier of, hey, man, when are you going to do that thing you want to do? It's like, oh, when I find the time, it's been, it's, you know, it's been crazy every day here. Um, Been a whirlwind. Yeah, chance that move just happened for everybody. It was about two weeks ago, right? Yeah, we got a little sidetracked. Forgot that, you know, we're over in Kansas City for, I was over for about five years, got married to Lakin, and that was three and a half years ago. And then we just moved over the beginning of November. So probably had over a solid week now of, Kind of getting settled into the a little more relaxed new routines, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not completely in boxes anymore. So that you know, moving um, found the kitchen supplies. Right, right, and right. Uh, yeah, all the important things. Somehow these boxes they entered some rift in space time and in space time. <laughs> they've been missing in action until we desperately needed it, like a pot or a whisk. You know, I never needed a whisk so bad. Until, Until Lakin needs a freaking whisk. And then it's like, where's the whisk? <laughs> well, especially since, you know, a lot of it could be put on my plate. Because um, everything's Lakin did such a chance. great job of uh, labeling everything, packing it well. And she's like, well, what did you label this? I was like, label? <laughs> <laughs> freaking us. Freaking dudes. Yep. That's label. it. 
I just threw it in a box. Eventually, yeah. every box will be unloaded. I was like, <laughs> at least three of them, I had the wherewithal to take a pen or you know ballpoint pen or Sharpie and at least scribble some kind of hieroglyphic code yeah. of garage and or kitchen miscellaneous bathroom oh supplies God. for cleaning. Right. How, how many boxes have dudes just labeled M-I-S-C and just, <laughs> and just filled it with crap? <laughs> how else do you move? What are you talking about? How else do you move? You just, you just yeah. scoop all of it from the table or countertop that it's on, pour it into the box, tape it up. Just think label like, miscellaneous. how thick a cardboard and how much layers of tape do I need to scrape this piece of countertop off into a box? You know, procrastination at its finest, hundred proof. The bane of our, <laughs> the bane of our existence, right? And you know, it, it makes me think of all the times that Michael was always like, "I wish I could just take my experience and these things I'm telling you, just mm-hmm. download them into your brain, and so you understand the procrastination." is it's not not the way to go. It's going to just lead to destruction of your routines, your habits, Mm -hmm. and your growth. And now I understand that, and I still do it. So, Of course. I'm getting a little better about it. I think you are too. Well, you know, that's that's maturing. So we'll, we'll progressively get better as we're thrust into more situations where procrastination just isn't an option. I think not an option. That's, that's really right. where it separates the wheat from the tares, you know, is uh when it comes to the test, when it comes to your time to shine, it's good to have that, like I said, healthy level of stress, healthy level of things to do, keep you keep you busy. Which is exactly, exactly what St. Louis has got going on. There's lots of activities. You can't be bored here, you know, between the office building with all of our team rescue animals, etc., the studio with the filming going on, and the YouTube channel being in full swing, full effect. Yeah, there's always something going on. If you think you can get in somewhere and get out without getting roped into some event, not here. You know, I'm always showing up to the office and there's just something going on, but it's looking really good over there. We've come a long way here at HQ since I left. That's for sure. Oh man, dude, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Like, so there's some things in play that we can't talk about on air that I'm going to wait till they are completed. Stay tuned for those, everybody. And then I'll get a ticket and we'll come back and, and visit the old headquarters. I'm stoked. I can't wait. Absolutely. I I was so like pleasantly surprised that at everything that was going on at the office when we first got here. You know, I was expecting that. We use a lot of equipment. We use a lot of stuff for nuisance wildlife control and equally as much equipment for wildlife rescue, you know, for things like the exotics and taking care of animals and everything else. And so I expected it's like going to just be chaos there and showed up. Longhorn drive. Yeah, right. Everything has a place. It's it's (laughs) well organized, well cleaned. Everything's nice and scheduled out now. So it's not just a run around, see what needs to be done. You know, there's routine. So really structured, really, really smooth over there. I was super happy. Plus, coming back to HQ, as I mentioned, with equipment, any tool or anything or any toy you might want to find and mess with, that's there. You know, it's got a spot. <laughs> it's got a spot. Yeah. You know, it's like that's so exciting. I'm, dude, I'm freaking working out of my house. 
I don't have a garage. I have a carport and one truck. A man of the road. A man of the road. I want to be a man of the dang garage, dude. (laughs) I want to have a designated space for my freaking traps. I just want a table, a toolbox, and somewhere to plug something in at least, you know? (laughs) Yeah, man. Where was it? Oh, it's like the carport at 3820, dude. Remember, we were just, everything was just stacked in there. I mean, we made it work. Yeah. Once we got that office building, it was like a godsend. So that's the thing with all of these upgrades, you know, all the things that are improving around and gradual fine tuning and polishing of our whole, you know, company and the things mm-hmm. we do. The great thing is that coming from when things were not that, We've seen how Michael can take a carport or any position or be a man of the road and not have a home base other than the one right behind the dashboard of the truck and see how much he's capable of in those spots. Mm. And then now, you know, just seeing around us, we've got a building, we've got the proper facilities. And so now when people call about, we've got this thing, we bit off more than we can chew. It's like, now we actually have the ability to help people out with some, we'll take that off your hands, we'll help you with this, or oh, we've got exactly what you need to fix this niche issue. Let me run and go get it, you know? Like bats. Like freaking bats, baby. For sure. Bats out the wazoo here. Been seeing, I have not seen a home since I've been here in St. Louis that was bat-proof before we showed up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but... Everybody in the 1930s was like, yes, let's let them... All into our houses. And that's why we're we have a thriving big business. Big brick bat houses. <laughs> we're going to create an entire city for bats. The church says they thought there were supposed to be bats in the belfry for some reason. <laughs> Seriously. Dude, I, I have a bat inspection tomorrow, or, or is it Friday or something? Oh, no, no. It's in December. Anyway, stoked. Stoked for that. I haven't done a bat job in a minute. Oh, man. Like a month. Kansas City, that's our our city mascot, essentially, is the big brown bat. And uh, <laughs> so coming over Not here, anytime uh, we're doing some other job, you know, I'll, I'll help one of these technicians. They have a job or an inspection scheduled. I show up and, you know, I'm along for the ride for, you know, we're doing some squirrel trapping or they have snakes getting in. But as soon as I notice that sign, that smallest piece of evidence, catch a whiff of that bat smell, I'm like, oh, you have a bigger problem. Might not say it now. I'll investigate a little bit further, but that's the thing with bats is if they've been there in any capacity, it's more than one. If you're starting to see droppings piling up in the attic, you know, even if you can't see them right now, it's winter, you know, they're deep, deep in structures. They're not hanging out in the open and then cluing everybody into, Hey, keep your eyes peeled. Look for these things because it takes a very keen attention to the detail to notice sometimes when there's a bat problem, because it's not always obvious until it's nasty. You don't want to wait till that long. So, um, yeah. Or, yeah. or like you, you, you hear them. And by the time you hear them, it's an infestation. Right, right. And that's, you know, part of why I'm so hyper aware of bats and such is because in Kansas City, they're so prevalent. They're in almost every single home to some degree if it's been there for longer than a few years because so much similar construction around, same kinds of issues, and a very healthy bat population, which is great to have (laughs) around, just not in the house. And so uh, over here, yeah, you know, if if I notice it, 
I'm definitely, you know, honing in on that kind of problem because I'm like, listen, this is not something, it's like finding a little bit of mold somewhere. You don't just brush it off as, uh, oh, it's just a little bit of mold underneath no, my no, bed. No, no, no. Imagine that. It's Gross. just a little bit of, you know, a pile of bat droppings right above your bed. No big deal. Yeah. So, uh, it's definitely something that if there's evidence that that problem's brewing, I never want to miss that up. I always want to make sure that the customer's aware. Because again, it's just one of those problems that it requires a lot of awareness, you know, because it's sometimes not always a glaring issue. But, and it's the thing that definitely I've had the most experience with the past five years. So, yeah, I'm excited for you, man. Bat inspections, uh, probably the most puzzle oriented repair, seal up of a home wildlife proofing job we do and a new pigeons underneath solar panel inspection tomorrow morning yeah that's your uh your forte over there yeah man i i still haven't come across much solar panels on on this side this part you guys don't get any sun no no just uh it's only clouds (laughs) Right? right whereas here it's the opposite it's only sun Right now, it's just only leaves and clouds. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, leaves everywhere. Right. It, it's been wild here. This St. Louis, uh, you know, everything with how hilly it is, it's like the leaves are just there. And then one good whop of wind comes over the, the ridge and it's just a drop all at once. Uh, Kansas City wasn't like that. It was like a gradual enjoy the next month of you know, here and there until the rest of them drop all at once. But it was much more of a gradual. It wasn't just like, hey, are the leaves going to... Oh, nope, they're on the ground. (laughs) You know? Oh, grab a rake. And is it it because of strong winds? I think it might be just specifically at our house, my yard, the thing I would... You know, the only yard I care about the leaves in is uh, right on, you know, this slope that, like I said, we're kind of shielded from most of the wind. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things that kind of throws me off picking out my attire for the temperature. Is at the house, I'm like, hey, this is fine. I don't need this big jacket. And then you get out to somewhere like, you know, some of these big fields where we do the pigeon work, you know, pigeon elimination jobs, and the wind is just smacking you down. It's like, you know, ooh, I don't know too much about the weather, but if I had to have a theory, I'd say it's, yeah, our whole little tree line in the back here kind of shielded away from all the wind. And so as soon as we get that cold snap that really turned the leaves and uh, the mm-hmm. next couple days were just super strong. I think y'all were at NAFA. Do you know anything about any wind at NAFA? I'm, uh, oh my God. <laughs> you know, and those leaves came all down, you know. Dude, yeah, two full days of NAFA were completely winded out. Well, there you go. I tried to to fly in one of them. He, oh my gosh, he like left the fist and then was like blown downwind. Oh, dude, like four or five hundred yards. And I'm like, this was stupid. I knew I shouldn't have done it anyway. I'll just go get him. <laughs> two of five days. Two mm-hmm. out of the five days were like that. So boom, right off the bat, nothing getting done. You know, besides socializing. But you know, people kind of came there to flew the, fly their birds, and we flew the Harrises. Yeah. But Harris Hawks aren't Falcons. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, I mean, that. if I was to attend, if I were to attend and I did this year, um, then I would have been more interested in seeing the Falcons fly just because, like, 
I'm not really in the spot right now. Like this NAFA trip, if I did go, I would have been much more of the spectator variety. Like I wouldn't yeah. be super hard on the, I'm trying to rack up as much head of game as we can in our group. Like I just want to slay it. I get that that is the goal when you're trotting around out in the field, but you know, a couple of those windy days and I, I would have been in hangout mode or let's go see someone who fly who's confident and and what's going on with this weather and this wind and this lack of slippage going on. Dude, it was bad. Under 100 total head taken the entire meet by everybody, which is absurd. Yeah, usually I'm I'm more used to hearing the total head of game count, you know, go off with a big loud siren, you know, like, you know, 300 and, uh, you know, four, something yes. crazy, you know, I'm expecting, <laughs> let's, let's break the record. And um, yeah, I mean... But it did seem like it was a pretty place at that meat hotel. So I hope anyone who scored a good room had a happy, jolly time. Yeah, yeah, we kind of did. So me and my dad scored one, which is nice. That is nice. Michael did not. Dad, like, finessed one. It was so expensive. But if if you guys didn't hear about that, go back and listen to my previous episode, the NAFA recap show. And it was freaking expensive. Expensive for a king suite, and we're like, "Oh, a king suite, right?" What does suite sound like? It sounds like what you think of. We got the suite, the suite, we got the suite. Yeah, it's the suite. multiple rooms. Well, right, that or one big room with a full blown bathroom, balcony, and a kitchen section next to the jacuzzi. Like I, you know, yeah. I'm expecting layout of some sort. No. Maybe not rooms, multiple rooms, but layout for sure. You know? Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. You would think a layout, right? And I saw some people who had a layout, like full on this, full on that, kitchen, blah blah, separate bedroom. No, dude. It was the king suite is a king-sized bed. That's what makes it sweet. It was not very sweet. Wow. This one has a whole king-sized bed? That's It was Does it also and, have yeah. cable TV? Like uh, <laughs> lake view and it was like you had to like lean over to the right on the balcony. To, oh, oh yeah, the lake's over there. <laughs> oh man. See, that's, yeah, that's the thing is, I'm fine with like, you know, you want to get a Lakeview room and spend the extra and indulge. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're doing it or they're marketing it as, oh, the King Lakeside suite, you know, take a look and grab your coffee in the nice kitchen. I didn't feel like a freaking king, dude. I did not. Not at all. No. I felt like a popper. <laughs> or the jester. <laughs> Sleeping right. on my rollout couch. So stupid. I mean, it would be it would be sufficient for you and Lakin, right? Oh man, that's not saying much though. I mean, we're we're tiny. We're a, a tiny couple. Yeah. So you mean- don't need a king size bed, but it would be like, yeah, you know, we got all this leg space. But like me and my dad, no. He's like he goes you want to share the bed I'm like no no <laughs> there's two of them even if it is a freaking king you know yeah that's a little different get out of here yeah the the plus side for a king size bed for Lakin and I would be it's basically like we each have a bed it, we have a full <laughs> space yeah. for both of us it wouldn't be like all right yeah we yeah. don't have to cuddle yeah <laughs> like, we, do, we don't have to cuddle we don't feel like cuddling let me roll six times this way and still be on the bed. Yeah, 
yeah, no. So I wouldn't say uh, king size suite. It was a bait and switch, dude. I mean, so the hotel was great. Like, if there was just double the game availability, you know, Texas is like triple. You know, we're hitting 300 plus, you know, head yeah. of total game taken on every Texas meet. Legitness. It was 81 this year, and all of that counts freaking mice, which is a lot. I guarantee you, like a quarter of the total head were miscellaneous pins, which are mice or freaking grasshoppers, you know what I mean? Or like a sparrow. Right. Oh, I caught a jumping spider. Miscellaneous it's, pin. It's, dude, yeah, I caught a jumping spider with my Kestrel. It was a freaking sweet flight, man. No, if it was just <laughs> at least like 200 head, it would have been great. But no, we're in the middle of like cotton field deserts. Once cotton is harvested, it leaves nothing. It's just dust. It's just crap. You know, if it was sprawling cornfields, that leaves leftover corn. Yeah. And everything can eat that. You know what I mean? Or soy. I don't I'm not support monocrop agriculture, but still stuff can eat that. Deer, pheasants, quail birds, yeah. all of the migrating flocks of geese and ducks and like cranes and stuff like that. They can eat on corn. Can't eat cotton. Nope. No. Does not digest. No, so I'm I'll, I'll be bitching about this for another couple of months, you know yeah. what I mean? And then probably again when the the Oklahoma rotation of NAFA comes back up, I'm going to be pitching a fit be like, "Don't you dare disrespect me, Coraline." No, don't you dare pick Lone Wolf again. Yeah, but you know, Oklahoma comes back around just at the right time that we we've, we've forgotten. Forget. And, and then we're like Ugh. we're like, "What is that?" Oh, uh prairie sugar Oklahoma? What is that? Okay. Yeah. That, Dude, I'll that. take a Motel 6 NAFA me, me hotel if we can have just, just some freaking game. You know, I, I, I just want to hear people say, I caught three jacks today. And we're like, woo. You know what I mean? Remember because I'm days? just looking for little tiny, stupid little sparrows for myself, you know. But I want Michael to be having a rip roar and we caught two jacks in the morning. We couldn't even fly the afternoon. I'm like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? And people, the duck hawkers, you, you basically have to appease the dirt hawkers and the duck hawkers. Everybody else, nobody cares about us. But like right. the guys who fly ducks need to have a lot of ducks. And the guys who fly, who come out west to fly jacks, got to have jacks. Like that's the big draw, right? We didn't have any. I mean, some people caught ducks. Some people got jacks. Dude, people drove all the way to Texas, to Amarillo and Lubbock to hunt jackrabbits. Mm. from the meat two and a half to three hours to those adjoining cities to fly those fields wow uh it still counts it happened during nafa so you know it did. <laughs> it did. we went to the other meat locations but hey we still did it but it's going to be in lubbock next year so it's going to be litty yeah i see you could you should just come in you know checked into nafa got checked in and just drove back to your hunting fields back home <laughs> racked up tons of kills came back for Profit. real. Look at that. One day, and I'm already catching again. Well, But whatever. Let's go ahead and wrap this sucker up. Sounds Thank good. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode of the Wildlife Command Center podcast. If you have nuisance wildlife control problems, or if you just are listening and you hear some crazy little wildness coming from your ceiling or your wall or your crawl space, what was that? What was that sound? You know what I mean? Or if it's like a whole ass thumping, boom, boom, boom. Give us a call in St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Dallas, Texas, 
Albuquerque, New Mexico, Reno, Nevada, and Sacramento, California. Give Wildlife Command Center a call. Or if you want to listen to some awesome Wild Bros, Chris Starr and Wednesday. Chance Barrett's <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. Wild Bros Wednesday, my man. There we go. Thanks again for listening. Chance, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for hopping on. It's with been me. a pleasure, man. And and definitely, you know, want to just make a quick shout out for the YouTube channel. A lot hey. of work has been put into that lately. And so one thing we're trying to strive for is to get a little bit more watch time on some of the newer videos. It's a mm-hmm. slightly newer style, newer format. It's real natural, good, full of information. Would highly recommend for anyone that's interested in more about what we talked about today with falconry good starting point for if you're interested in apprenticeship. We have a series that's going through lots of the basics, lots of the essential, what to expect in that kind of golden pre-apprentice phase. And then also, as you're working towards apprenticeship, working towards your test, you can follow along with Corinne, who's working towards being an apprentice under Michael. And so, yeah, and you can follow all Mm. of that on the new YouTube channel the way we have it laid out. And so that will be its own series. And you can follow with Michael uh, as he's been trained in Jet and follow their NAFA adventures as well. So as much of a bus as it was, you do get to see kind of start to finish the process. And as we said earlier, the highs and the lows of falconry, you know? And so definitely tune in, subscribe, find a video and just watch it fully through just to kind of get a feel. And like I said, they're packed full of information, but an easy watch. So check it out, subscribe, like the videos. We appreciate it. And that's that's Wildlife Command Center? It's, it's That's the YouTube channel? Yep, yep. That's uh, if, awesome. It's our main channel and it's all through the, you know, our main uh, YouTube. So you can find all that there. Great. Alrighty, again, thanks again for listening to the Wildlife Command Center podcast. See you later, everybody. Like the video, or (laughs) excuse me, like the podcast. (laughs) And follow us if you want to keep listening. God bless. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, aka Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus, download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.